The Gun Experiment proudly presents Chopping It Up. And here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith. What's going on? You still a little dance across the table. I don't know. The intro music started playing, and the big screen all of a sudden started to link to my computer. So you, have, uh, you and the big screen have been fighting for like weeks. It now. doesn't like my new laptop. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. So, what's going on? Uh, did you uh, did you clean your uh, shadow systems from our little training last night? I did not. Oh, I did. I smell like gun lube and Oreos. <laughs> nice. Do you actually eat Oreos while you're cleaning guns? No, but you know that It'd be a terrible idea. It would be a terrible idea, but uh, you know that that gun lube doesn't come off your hands very easily. And I, I washed a couple times, but the smell is still there. So I was like, eh, this. I'm still gonna eat these fat kid Oreos. Gotcha. So gun lube and Oreos. Got it. <laughs> All right, well, let's get this thing going. I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And today's episode is sponsored by Target Sports USA. Their new ammo offering, New Republic, was specifically engineered for performance and reliability and is available in six calibers. Be sure to sign up for their Ammo Plus membership at targetsportsusa.com, which gets you 8% off all ammo purchases and makes you eligible for their truck giveaway in September. And that's actually all we were shooting yesterday. So we shot, what? A few hundred rounds each. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I think I went through like 250 yeah. rounds yesterday. So Shit's good. I didn't have... Uh, actually, I had one malfunction. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think that was me, though. I don't. I didn't uh, Didn't seat the magazine all the way. So oh, was, I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, you, were, you were fighting with it a little bit. Yeah, I was like, I was way behind on that drill. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you were flustered on that one. I, I hit the target. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so anyway, if people are out there and they're listening and they want to support us, they should join our mailing list. Go to thegunexperiment.com. It is up. It is running. I actually just sent out a new newsletter today uh, with a little teaser clip and obviously some cool links and stuff. So go and check that out. Make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss any of our updates. And we're going to get this thing going, but before we introduce tonight's guest co-host, let's talk about on-site firearms training, which is where we were last night training. Yes. The entire crew over there are an outstanding group of people who genuinely care about helping their students become better shooters. They have an extensive course offering and teach classes throughout the country, whether it's pistol, shotgun, or even that cool tactical lever action class you're looking for, you're guaranteed to find a course to meet your needs. So be sure to check them out at OFTLLC.us. Yeah. And I always, you know, as... as I'm, we we have we don't go there as much as some of the other crew that that we see when we go there. But the times that we've gone, I'm always amazed at this. There's like a new drill. Like, yeah, we <laughs> like, had a new one last night that was awesome. Yeah, the uh, five, five dot. dot. Yeah, yeah it was, was like cool. they were like three inch circles, and uh, um, five of them. And you shoot uh, the first circle, single shot, ten from times the from the holster, and then next circle was two shots uh, at the same time from the holster five times. And then the third one was five shots, two times. And then the fourth circle and the fifth circle were 10, ten and 10. 10 and 10. Yeah. And, uh, you like that drill? I did. I enjoyed yeah. that drill a I've, lot. I've heard of that. I've never run that drill, though. Yeah, I, I had not heard of it or run it until last <laughs> night. Um, but it, it was a good drill. I, I definitely want to run it and push it back a little bit more. We were we were doing seven yards, yeah. but uh, push it back a little bit and see, see how it goes. Ready to run this thing? If you are. Cool. So tonight's guest co-host was actually on our show way back in our first year of podcasting, and he's back to chop it up with us tonight. So please welcome Sean Heron from the We Like Shooting Show. Sean, what's going on? 
Good, man. I, I realized a couple things as I was listening to you guys at the beginning. A, I've got a new fetish, gun lube and Oreos. <laughs> and uh, I put on a new hat. I groomed my beard and then realized there's no video. So I took my pants off in the meantime. And nice. uh, here, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be with you guys. Yeah, we're yeah, normally naked. Uh, we're naked all the time. I was going to say, I'm glad that you're here without your pants on. You know, it's weird because you guys are in the same room, though. Well, it is kind of weird, but you know we've gotten used to it. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you've seen at least one of the crew on your show naked at least once. And, and now that we're all bonding over gun lube and Oreos, it's perfect. Yeah, actually, yes, one hundred. Yeah, video is actually it is coming. It was my goal for this year, and the studio. I'm actually looking at cameras all around me, and I just don't know how to hook anything up. So I'm I'm very <laughs> very tech challenged. So it's taking a little longer than I want it to to, to happen. But uh, yeah, video is coming soon. I love it. So anyway, man, what's going on uh, with you? What's new? You know, not a whole lot. Uh, I got married. I was going to uh, say, congratulations. May 4th. Thank you. Yeah, it's a big, a big thing. So uh, just been adjusting to the exact same life that I lived before being married. <laughs> now, uh, now on a piece of paper, though. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm wearing a ring every day, but that was good. Just took a, a, you know, a little bit of time off from doing videos and stuff, but we've been hitting the podcast hard, really hard, been growing like crazy, too. Um, and you know, shooting a ton of stuff, like working on relationships and, uh, and honestly just doing the exact same thing that I was doing the last time we talked, just probably a little bit better at it than I was then. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, I mean, I, I'm always, you know, we're way behind in terms of years of doing this from you guys. Uh, and I'm sure you have gone through this, but every year I sort of uh, set a, a year long goal. You know, it was like the first year was whatever, just started. Then the second year was like, I want to build a studio. So I built a studio and then it was like, this year is like, I want to get into video. Uh, do you do that? Do you kind of set like goals for the year or like kind of like big project goals? I wouldn't say that I, I set like, um, concrete goals that I write down or anything like that, but I, I, I do always have. Uh, some things that I really want to accomplish. And for us this year, the biggest thing that I want to, wanted to accomplish was video clips of the show and just literally inundate all social media with our video clips of our show. Cause I think we have a lot of really good stuff, but we do about uh two and a half, three, three and a half hours minimum of unique con of original content every single week. And to dig through that, to kind of find the gems and everything uh, is extremely difficult. Yeah. And that was my goal. It was like clips, 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 clips. This needs to be the thing that we focus on. And right. I, I really give that a lot of credit for driving our growth over the last couple of months, which I've seen just like kind of spring up uh, even more so than usual. And uh, that was, that was a big accomplishment and we've got it full production now happens every single day. You probably seen them and yep. if not, you should go check them out. Yeah. I've seen them on, on Instagram and stuff. What's like you guys talking and it's like a, like a cool clip that you can actually see, but it's like small micro content, right? Yeah. 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 100%. And honestly, like we're not doing anything original or groundbreaking. Like I'm literally copying from Joe Rogan. Right. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Rogan. But Hey, his, his yeah. recipe works. So why not do it? Right. 100%. Yeah. And, and we're seeing some success. Uh, I can't directly relate it to that, but like, I mean, well, if that's it's a little bit of a coincidence. It, yeah, yeah. If that's the thing that's new, then yeah. I think you can. Give yeah. It so, I mean, this is kind of, this is, you know, we're just talking and stuff, but this is, I guess, a little bit of a preview for people that listen to our show. And that's that when we do go to video and that, and I can actually get myself in motion and get it set up. Uh, my original plan was to actually just, you know, have the full show, you know, on YouTube and people can go watch it. But, and I may still do that, but actually what I'm really more 
uh, into is the idea of like the micro content, you know, cause I just think like someone, there's a chance someone might say, oh, I want to listen to the show, but I want to listen to it on YouTube. But I actually think there's a better chance of someone going and saying, I want to listen to just short little bits of content. Cause I don't have time to listen to an hour long show or whatever. So I think that's awesome yeah. that you guys are doing that. Cause I think it, it does provide another outlet for people to, to get good content if they don't have that time to commit at that moment for that long. So, yeah, I call it toilet. Like I want to own 100% of the attention span of anyone who is listening to our voices. Right. So like sometimes people want to put on a podcast because they've got a 45 minute commute each direction and they're listening to a podcast all the way there and then all the way back. And sometimes they're sitting on the toilet and they want to just scroll through some reels and stuff like that. And I really, I'm very interested. I say I want to own, but like I'm interested in catering to all different kinds of formats. Like I don't only want to do short stuff, but for the people who are sitting on the toilet or just kind of like trying to relax before they go to bed, I want to have that content. But I also want to have that long form content that really like brought us up and, and uh, the thing that we're passionate about. And I think that having all the different things is really important and we've lacked in the short stuff and hopefully we'll be better at it now. Yeah, no, I think it's a great strategy. And I actually think it's just really good all around because, you know, it, I know you don't like the term influencer. I don't either. Um, I prefer content creator uh, much more so. And if you're a content creator, that's what you should do, right? Is create content. And that should be in multiple different forms, multiple different lengths, and allow for different people with different needs. And if you're providing that, I think that's awesome. So good for you, man. And I know that you Thank also you. changed your YouTube and you switched over to now it's dangerous freedom. What was What is that and what was the purpose behind changing over? You know, we, we've, ha we have a YouTube channel that we started back in the day when we first started doing the podcast and it's been a thousand different things. And I think that it was just literally getting buried by YouTube because no matter how good the content was, like I would consult with our, our peers and be like, Hey, can you give me some feedback? And, you know, all of them just generally thought that the channel was busted in some way because mm -hmm. I was, I, I was doing, in my opinion, some really good content. Uh, Tactical Toolbox, The Gun Collective, Mr. Guns and Gear, they all said, yeah, there's something weird with the channel. Like, uh, it's not working. All the recommended videos are all, like, from different countries and different languages. There's something broken, and no one could help me figure out what it was, even though a lot of them tried. So I said, you know what? I really do like doing the video content. It's more of just something I do because I love it and I enjoy it. It doesn't bring me any money whatsoever. So why don't I just start over from scratch right after a decade in the industry. Right. And so I started the dangerous freedom YouTube channel and it's absolutely taken off. Uh, it'll be monetized probably within the next couple of weeks. Cool. Uh, I'll be able to join the partner program, which is really, really, really fast. Uh, the videos have been getting more on a channel that I, I just started it in January and it's got 3,500 subscribers and we're getting, you know, depending on the video, the good videos are getting, between 15 and 20,000 views. So I think that I was right. The content is okay. People seem to be interested in it and launching a new, uh, new channel that just from scratch and kind of clearing out all, all the old junk uh, seems to have, seems to have worked and we're having a blast doing it. Good, man. Was dangerous freedom. Where did you come up with that? Cause that's part of a TJ quote. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. It, that's exactly what it is. Prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery or the Latin, uh, which is actually the one that, that, that he said, and the translation is what yep. we took because obviously I don't speak Latin, but who does? Um, not yeah, many people just, do anymore. <laughs> right. It's just, you know, 
I prefer dangerous freedom over everything. Like even, you know, how, how many would you give up your guns if it would save one person? Nope, no. I wouldn't because freedom is more important than anything else. And that is dangerous and it is a scary place to live, I guess, if you're afraid of everything. But like at the same time, uh, you know, freedom is what this country is based off of and it's what makes it so great. I have a question for you uh, regarding, you had mentioned that you recently got married, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, uh, like Keith had said. Uh, I had heard a rumor and I figured while I have you on the air, we could clear it up. Is it true that you invited David Hogg to the wedding, but he declined? <laughs> no. Okay. I actually have him blocked on everything because he's <laughs> the most annoying person in the universe to look at or listen to. He is literally the most, I agree with that so much. I, I really thought you were going to ask him if he liked double stuff Oreos or regular stuff Oreos, <laughs> but okay. No. <laughs> No, that, that's apparently a rumor I wanted to just put put to bed, but no, no. So yeah, good, good, good. So uh, David Hogg, I have an article here. David Hogg, I don't even, is it Hogg or Hogue? I don't even know. Does it matter? I really doesn't. I like Hogg better. <laughs> I think um, it's Hogg. Yeah. yeah. So David Hogg uh, takes to Twitter to give tactical advice. So I find this to be very, very interesting. Uh, but when I open up the article, the first thing I see is his face. And I agree a thousand percent with what you said. Like, it's just infuriating to even look at him. Like, he's just, just so frustrating. And what this is about is he had tweeted, uh, if you need more than 10 rounds to hit something, you need more range time or you need glasses, <laughs> not a larger magazine. Hell, if you're that bad of a shot, you're safer with a baseball bat because a gun will probably be turned on you, especially if you're shooting a rifle and you can't hit what you're aiming for in 10 rounds, you need to check your sights, check your eye dominance and or improve trigger pull. 30 round mags are for two things, war and people who don't know how to shoot. And then- <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And so then he puts up a picture of a target and it's like a 20 yards with a rifle. Meh. Like, it's like, wow. Like you actually missed the middle a lot. Uh, he goes on to explain though, he was not using a bipod, which is, you know, that's- you know, really actually, thank God. Cause if he was using a bipod and his shots were that bad, I'd be really worried at 20 yards. But so he goes into all this thing and I just find it so funny because, you know, now he's trying to sort of, um, support his cause by saying like, look, like I shoot guns, you know, it's like, the, it's like the same old, same old. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm pro gun, but mm -hmm. right. And so I don't know, like, what are your thoughts, Keith? I don't, I, I'm still in shock that he actually put a picture up of this of this target with these groups at 20 yards. <laughs> with a rifle. With a rifle. Not a pistol, a rifle. Um, but uh, I I just find it very hypocritical. Um, you know, I think we're going to talk about that a, a couple of times. We've certainly talked about it in the past. And, you know, for someone who is so anti-gun, and, and, and I don't understand the, the, the meaning behind 10 rounds. Well, why, why 10? Why not five? Why not two? Why not one? Why not 30? You know, um, I, I just, I don't understand the logic. It's the lines that are drawn with uh, this side that just, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why there's this arbitrary number. I mean, in New York State, we deal with it all the time, yeah. 10 rounds. Like, I don't get it, you know? Sean, do you, you find this a lot that, like, you get these guys that are, these guys or girls that are anti and they try to, like, prove that it's not like some sort of a, you know, conspiracy that they hate guns and that they actually like guns. Do you, you find that's pretty common, right? You know, I see it a little bit, but honestly, I think uh, for David Hogg, it is a very, very smart tactical maneuver. Agreed. Uh, because it is the very much the, you know, he's just, you know, the kid who was at a school where a murderer came in and killed 
bunch of his classmates. So he was in a different building. Like none of that's really important, but you see that and you're like, Oh, he's just emotional. Like he's being an emotional child and geez, this child. And you know, we, 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 it's very easy for us to do that. And for him being like the weak kind of like a uh, soy boy that he is, it, he doesn't really have a whole lot of ground to stand on because he's never going to shed that, that impression that we all have of him. But for him to now be like doing guns, because uh, before I blocked him, it was pretty recent. I just honestly, like, I, I don't want to just be outraged and, and negative and just mad at everything all the yeah. time. So like when people constantly come into my timeline with negativity and it was just all of my friends commenting on his stuff all the time, I was just, I finally blocked him. But before that I observed that it was him walking around with shotguns. It was him shooting the 7.62 at 20 yards and, and posting his group. It's really smart. It's really smart because it really, I think, uh, it builds him up a little bit to people who may not uh, understand what he's doing. Um, because for us, we all know that he's a, a phony, right? Yep. But for the average everyday person, they're like, hey, you know what? This guy he, like survived a school shooting, still likes guns. He's doing it recreationally. Maybe... I should give a little bit more credence to what he's saying because he seems to be very middle of the road, right? He likes the guns. He just thinks that the, you know, the 30 round magazines are too much. That makes sense. To, uh, it's to a tactical people. shift to the middle, right? Well, it's not only that, I'll take it, I'll take it one step farther. It, the, the people who are totally anti-gun entirely 10 rounds or not right to them, he is saying he's like doing the dirty work. He's yeah. he's the one out there that's picking up this gun and like look at how bad this is. Look at th- look at this this is terrible. Look at he's out there he's firing this weapon and he's he's on the range doing these things and this is why we can't have any guns. You know, not not because he's doing it but because he's showing in their mind legitimizing the fact that their their anti-gun stance is, is isn't necessary. You know, the more I think about it so when I'm thinking about people who are like, you know, oh, I, I I'm pro gun but and then they go into their sort of anti-gun rant. That's, sorry, Keith, I'm going to go FUD here. That's sort of like, that's that, that's that like FUD, like FUD politician or that FUD mentality of like, you know, you know, I like, I have a shotgun, you know, it's the, the, the Biden I love comment, shotguns. right? I, yeah, I know you love <laughs> shotguns, fucking big FUD. Uh, but it's that, it's more that FUD mentality of like, I like guns, but, you know, you don't need an AR-15 to go hunt, to shoot a deer or whatever. You know, that's like that, that common line where in this situation, it's different because he was like, fully anti-gun and now it's sort of like he's shifted to the middle and it's like he almost could pull some sort of moderate gun owners over to the other side i yeah i agree and i I think that's what you're saying right sean yeah 100 like what's the first key in manipulating somebody it's becoming relatable to them yep yeah well the other part and so it goes on in this article to talk about you know this article is obviously uh it's from bearing arms it's on our side and this always annoys me and probably us much more so than you, Sean, because we're in a very, very uh, unfree state. Uh, I know you've been threatened a few times, but we're way more, uh, <laughs> way more restricted. And <laughs> so it's just frustrating because he talks about why no one needs 10 round magazine. And I'm like, forget, a, forget about the reason for the second amendment and tyranny and forget about, you know, home invasion where maybe there's three people and, you know, it's not on a static range and, you know, uh, forget all that stuff. Forget all of it. I just want to be able to go to a competition and just use a regular 30 round magazine and be able to compete with everybody else. You can do that in New York. If you go to West point, apparently (laughs) 
Once you once you're on federal property, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> that was pretty much the message that I yeah. got. <laughs> but it's just like so frustrating yeah. that like they can't see that there's entire sports revolved around shooting and that some of this yeah. gear is is useful in that sport. And it's just really hard coming from a restricted state where you just can't do the things that your fellow countrymen can do. You know, it's Yeah, a, and it's, he's setting himself up for the future to to basically one of the logical fallacies appeal to expertise. He's setting himself up to to literally be the definition of that logical fallacy, which a lot of people are going to fall for. Right. I, th- I think it's seriously smart. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I don't know if he actually deserved to be there or not, but you know, he is a Harvard graduate and he majored in political science, and he's done very well for himself as an activist. You know, that's all he basically does. He rides around in you know big black SUVs with armed security, which is great, uh, and. You know, he's done well for himself. So he mm-hmm. is very savvy and he knows how to how to manipulate and how to how to work the uh work the minds of weaker men. So I agree. Yeah. I think it's a smart move. And uh I don't know, we'll see what happens. But I just think it's like Keith said, it's hypocritical. We'll use that word a couple of times tonight. But anyway, <laughs> Keith, take us to the Supreme Court. What's going on? Well, they are, uh, they've uh, decided to hear uh, the first gun case since uh, Bruin last year. And this one will be uh, discussing whether or not you should be able to have uh, a firearm when there's a domestic incident. They're going to start uh, hear the case likely in October, and then they won't issue, the decision should be insu- issued before next June is the way I'm reading it. But the Biden administration asked the justices to... Uh, overturn a February decision from uh, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit that basically tossed out some federal restrictions on firearm possessions for people uh, subject to those domestic violence restraining orders. I'm going to quote Solicitor General uh, Elizabeth uh, Prelogger. I'm not butchering her name, I'm sure. But uh, the description suggests that the government may properly disarm citizens uh, who are dangerous, irresponsible, and unlikely to abide by the law. So that's sort of the position that uh, the government is taking is that, you know, we should be allowed to disarm people who uh, who aren't going to be abiding by the law. And, um, you know, this is going to be an interesting one. They now the guy, the guy who this guy Rahimi. Correct. Right. So this yep. is, that's that's the court, right? That's Zachary case. Rahimi. Yep. Yes. He, he does have a criminal record. Um, he threatened his girlfriend uh, at some point, and then later on threatened another woman with a firearm. He shot firearms off in public, right? And I had it's not in this article, but I have heard somewhere else so that he was involved in some drug dealings. I mean, this guy. I is, did not read that. Yeah, um, I heard it somewhere else. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, but you know, don't take that for gospel. But I, I. What I'm getting at here is I don't think this guy is a saint. This guy is not a good good guy. And uh, Sean, how do you feel about this case? Because I have my, my feelings, but I'm going to kind of give you the, the mic. Very conflicted. Yeah. I feel very conflicted. So I know that this case has been talked about a lot. I know that a lot of uh, our peers in the gun industry and the commentary space have been talking about it. I know a lot of people are like, Clearly, he shouldn't have firearms. Um, this is an interesting one. So I know that my friend Carrie Sloan from Stella Dozen Shotguns and We the Female feels differently than a lot of the 2A people that I know. So actually, before the show, I saw it in the show notes and uh, finally was talking, got her on the phone because I wanted to really pick her brain and hear what her thoughts were. And a lot of her thoughts are actually related to the Violence Against Women Act that came out in 1994. And... 
that sometimes some of the things that are done because of that act, some of the local policies and programs that are put into place can be used against the victims. And her being uh, a victim of domestic violence in the past, it was very surprising for me to hear that she was glad this case was going to the Supreme Court and hopefully that, and hoped that it got overturned. And I really wanted to understand that. And what I realized during our, our phone call, uh, literally right before I got on with you guys, was that it's a very complex issue and that, that these things are used against women um, or, or victims of domestic violence, whoever it may be, uh, to basically disarm them without the due process that they're required by law. And that, that makes a lot of sense to me. She's working on an op-ed right now. I'm, I don't claim to be an expert on this or in any way, shape, or form. But we mentioned that dangerous freedom uh, before. And honestly, like I think that maybe maybe this is one of those cases. Yeah. Um, where maybe overturning this is is a good thing because it is an infringement on Second Amendment rights. And the crazy thing is, like this guy is a complete shitbag. I heard you say the F word, so I know I can cuss. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a complete douche. Literally, the one of the like, I mean, just seems like a terrible human being. And I support the Second Amendment for everybody, even terrible human beings. Right? Like, I, and so I'm very conflicted. But uh, I'm trying to learn more about it, and I don't know that I'm there yet. But I, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting. Well, the the law that you reference is exactly the law that um, this Fifth Circuit Judge uh, Corey T. Wilson he he wrote for the unanimous three judge panel, and and that is the law that was overturned. Um, and he basically said that it violated American Second Amendment rights. He and he he said this. You know, Zachary uh, Rahimi, uh, while hardly a model citizen, is nonetheless part of the political community entitled to the Second Amendment's guarantees, all other things equal. You know, so the problem I have with this is it's okay. So I'll keep I'll stay on the theme. It's the idea of dangerous freedom. We'll keep plugging that for you, Sean. Um, (laughs) So I understand that concept and I respect that concept and I actually agree with that concept. The idea that sometimes to be free, you have to deal with a little bit of shit. Right. And mm-hmm. so this is the shit we're dealing with. And yeah. so it's not so it's almost like it's like red flag laws. Like we can use that as a parallel here. I agree. If you if you have some you have someone that you're like, man, like well, this is someone who shouldn't have a gun. We could take the gun now and save a whole bunch of shit. And then, you know, we'll worry about we'll, we'll deal with it in the courts later. Yeah, but that's not OK. Right. That, that's, that, that's, that's not that's I, not OK. I, I take back my it, agreement because I think it, that's the, the difference in you're talking yep. about. So but in this situation, I agree that he has rights. I agree that, you know, obviously innocent until proven guilty. I agree that, it, you know, at some point, maybe he should be allowed to have a gun. That may be all true. The problem I have with this isn't the fact that maybe this case has some merit. It's the idea that this is the fucking hill that we're going to fucking die on. Like I said, as a Second Amendment community, as a guy that lives in New York who just wants to own an AR-15 and a 30-round magazine, and there's all these cases that are going on right now regarding uh, assault weapons bans, this is the fucking case that the Supreme... This is not going to play well in the news. This is not going to play well with the anti-gun crowd. Second Amendment advocacy groups, I don't think, had much with the Supreme Court taking this case. That's not my point. That's not my point, though. uh, When you say, say, though, is this the hill we're going to die on, you know, we're, we're stuck with the well, fact that the, the, they can take any, any case they want. Correct. But that's what I'm saying is from my opinion, this is not the case I would want to see them take. No. And I no. don't know why yeah. this is the case they chose. 
You know, yeah, there's it, a lot it, of other cases without shit bags. Well, that they, they were asked. They were asked by the Biden administration to take it. Not yeah. that they should or should not have. I'm just saying. Yeah, that that's. I mean, they so they, can, know, they deny tons of cases. Why is this the one they took? We're, right. we're dealing it's, with a piece of shit instead of law-abiding citizens who can't have AR-15s. Why are we not taking that case? Maybe, maybe they're tired of all the dirt coming out on them. <laughs> maybe. You know, there's a, a very smart person once told me that the Supreme Court usually chooses cases that they believe there's going to be a good chance of them overturning, right? Mm, yeah. So the the Fifth Circuit said that it is an infringement of his rights to, to deny him the, the Second Amendment because of domestic violence. So that smart person telling me that is one thing, but at the same time, like I'm a second amendment absolutionist. Like, so if, if this is in fact found that it violates the second amendment, then yeah, let's get rid of it because that opens the door for a lot of other things that, that may be uncomfortable, uh, that, that we find uncomfortable as far as uh, restrictions to the second amendment as well. And I think that everyone should have a gun and carry a gun and train with a gun and protect themselves and their families and, and and do all those things. So, you know, I felt like I was being intellectually inconsistent by just immediately being uh, a guy who's saying, no, this, this is ridiculous. This guy's a, a dirtbag and he doesn't deserve guns. And so I started trying to look at it from that different viewpoint, that different uh, changing, changing the level in which I was looking at it and like, Oh, you yeah, know, if it infringes like even as scary as it is, even, even as bad as he is, I still believe in the second amendment for him. So yeah, very conflicted. It's a, it's a one that I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about until recently. So let's move on to some gun talk. So Sean, you and I uh, briefly texted about this. So Springfield Armory released the echelon and I hate the, the name, the gun community. I mean, that's all I'm seeing right now. What I understand is people that had them were not allowed to post pictures, mention it until July 12th and July 12th. And it was like my feed just blew up, blew up. with echel <laughs> echelon. Uh, mm -hmm. You have not received yours yet? No, actually. In fact, I have no relationship with Springfield. Okay. Um, I have not been a huge fan of uh, some of the lobbying they've done in the past. Yep. People get all mad about it. Like I, I, you know, it seems like it was a lobbying organization that they gave money to. And then when they, when they got busted for it publicly, they kind of reeled it back a little bit. So let me, let me, let me pause really quick on that. So yeah. I, I've been seeing this as well. A lot of people are upset because back when Springfield Armory had sort of supported um, anti-gun legislation in Illinois and when? right from what Ish. I understand, from what I understand is that what you had basically just said is that they had a company that was basically a third party working for them. And since I've heard that they have tried to rectify that situation, I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Just a couple like important details in my opinion is that Illinois was trying to put into place, obviously some very, very bad restrictions uh, on the second amendment and firearms in general and Springfield and rock river arms. And I think a couple others hired an external lobbying group to lobby against that thing. And the lobbying group basically at one point carved out said, well, if you do that, you know, carve out exemptions or exceptions for the companies that I'm representing, you know, screw the citizens and protect the corporations. And eventually people realized that and, and figured it out. And, and so Springfield took a lot of heat for that. And they obviously they were like, we did not realize that this was going on which is bullshit, right? Like, I mean, right. you know, but it's conceivable. 
And people are upset about that as they should be that, you know, uh, what's good for you should be good for me. But uh, so like, that's what people are super, super butthurt about it. I get it. I understand. I don't, I don't own a Springfield. I've never owned a spring owned a Springfield. I wouldn't say I'm particularly a huge fan of their firearms. Um, this is one of those things where I feel at times the gun industry and again, I use the word influencers and content creators, you know, to some extent, sometimes we can be a little bit much. I think mm-hmm. our own community can be a little bit much sometimes. And what I mean, I'm not saying that we shouldn't hold companies accountable, but that was a long time ago, right? So like, does that mean that if, I'm, I'm not trying, I'm not defending them, but at the same time, does that mean that a company can never rectify a situation? They can never come back from a bad decision. I mean, the NRA is a fuck show right now, <laughs> right? Does that mean that we could never, ever, ever, ever in, in any universe support the NRA again? I mean, what if they turn things around? What if everything changes? Does that mean we never go back because they did something? I, that's just, I don't know. What, yeah. what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, how do you, how do you be punitive to a corporation that doesn't know who you are? Right. Like, so people, yeah. uh, they, they get up in arms. I mean, Smith and Wesson, I don't, I don't hear a whole lot about them and they, they did horrible things. Ruger, they supported right. some nonsense in the past. Now that isn't to defend bad behavior because we should crucify those that engage in bad behavior that is, is damaging to the second amendment in this country. Definitely. We should, we absolutely should. At the same time, my job is to review guns. My job is to review guns. <laughs> well, like, so uh, on that note, I, I have to say, Keith, you said you hated the name Echelon. I so do. <laughs> I, I think this is what I kind of texted you, Sean. Some of the things Springfield does is just horrendous. I mean, let's not forget the grip zone, right? Like we can talk about the grip zone all day long. They have some oh, yeah. real gimmicky kind of shit. The um, Saint commercials. Yeah, the, the Saint. Their names are terrible. Uh, the vision, the op- optics integration on it is pretty cool. I, so, that, that looks pretty cool. There's two things that they did that I really like. The one is the optics integration. I, that it's like, they're taking a page out of, um, the shadow systems. I have, I have yeah. the shadow systems and basically that's what they did. Uh, and that was one of the reasons I bought the shadow system. I thought that was a very cool and innovative, uh, part of their, their platform. So I think that was great. The other thing that I think was phenomenal is I love the chassis system. I love the fact that- um, You're a sig- modular guy. I, I just love it. I love the fact that you can change things around. Uh, for people that live in states like us, it allows us to have the ability to change things one way or another, um, maybe give us some options that we might not have. So I really like modularity, and I think that that's sort of a very forward thinking. Um, I, I don't know why more companies don't do it. You know, I've never been a huge, uh, I'm not a Glock fanboy. And one of the things that we say with Glock is they don't innovate. They don't really change anything. And so I can't really knock a company that's trying to innovate, but then they put things like these little flared out press checkpoints. I'm just like, I don't know. Is, is that necessary? So those are my thoughts. Well, um, it does protect your finger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you, Sean, what do you think in terms of the gun itself? Just from what you've seen, obviously you don't have one. Yeah, so I I have zero relationship with Springfield um, for for a reason. Uh, like I haven't forgotten the past, and honestly, like I, I haven't been a huge fan. I have a Hellcat. I carry my P three sixty five over that, uh, but I was let in. Uh, someone who got it showed it to me uh, weeks ahead of release, and like in detail showed it to me, and I was like, okay, this is this is very interesting, and so. 
before it came out, I I reached out to some contacts and had them introduce me to Springfield, and uh, I have one on the way. Now, here's the reason why. Because when we get a Glock 19 or a Glock 17, the first thing that we do is like all kinds of crazy nonsense to get it to be like up up to where we want it to be. And then we get a 320 and we like do different things to that. And then we get the M17 or the M18 because those are better. They improve on the P320 that actually came out. And then Shadow Systems exists and Lone Wolf exists. And we do all these things to these guns to make them what we want. And I think that the Springfield Armory Echelon is the first gun to take into account all the different things that we as gun owners do to enhance and improve the guns that we buy stock and put it all in one package. So you already mentioned the the optic mounting system. I think that's really clever. I think it's fantastic. And I'm really glad that we're finally getting to a point where it doesn't seem that complicated, but we should do it. You mentioned the wings on the back for people with, uh, you know, poor hand strength. Uh, that, that That's a You'll see it on things like the Smith & Wesson Equalizer in the Easy Line. I didn't think about that. You're right. I have seen that with other guns where it's more for like weaker hands, although I don't think that's the market they're going for here necessarily. For um, sure, but it, yeah. it, it is like it gives you that extra purchase on it. Well, um, I'll give you an example. So they did a great job with their texture, right? I think their their stippling texture mm-hmm. is is cool, but like they put it all over the fucking gun. And I heard like one, one content creator was talking about it's everywhere and it's great. And I'm thinking, like, does it need to be on the back plate? Like, like when has that ever been in a place you needed stippling? You know, yeah, like the front of the recoil spring. Yeah, <laughs> like what? Yeah, it's like so they they did some weird, almost like a little over the top. Uh, I heard one person say it's like a custom gun. I'll be I'll be curious if it if it's truly. I mean, I they don't okay. look custom. Okay, <laughs> let me put it this. Well, there is some custom stuff, right? Like like the. Um, uh, all, all the different like, you know, texture and all the different, you know, all the, the milling and the slide that that is sort of what you would see in a custom gun. So there's a bit of that. I'll be curious. I, I mean, someone said that the trigger felt like a custom trigger. I'll be very shocked if that's the case. Yeah. But I think their goal is just, yeah, take all the stuff that we normally do to modify our guns and put it all in one package. I think that's, uh, I think it's a very cool thing, honestly, because no one else is really doing that except for some of these smaller manufacturers that right. are like, Hey, you know, I'm going to make a Glock ish gun, but then to have the 320 style, uh, removable FCU that you can put in a, a compact, a subcompact, a full size, like it, it's really cool. Uh, having it come with a threaded barrel or being, having that uh, option at launch. I'll, t- cool I'll tell you what's really cool. And I, I've always said, I don't know why every company doesn't do this. Why doesn't every company make every gun ambidextrous, right? Like, like how much more could it cost to put a ambidextrous uh, slide lock and mag release? Like that can't be, that cannot be the hardest engineering problem in the world. And they did right. that, right? So like, that's something I actually give them credit for is I've always wondered why, why not just make it that way, right? And they did that. So- yeah, I mean, they've definitely done, they've put a lot of engineering, a lot of thought into it. I think the problem I'm having with it is that they've had a reputation for having these such gimmicky sort of, you know, even even on their website, you know, and this is straight marketing shit, but they call the fire control unit, they call it the COG, the central operating group. And, mm-hmm. you know, they have all these like acronyms, the, the VIZ, right? The variable interface system. That's just marketing dollars it's, it's, doing their job. It is 100% what it is, but they they go over the top with that stuff. You know, They got the budget. Yeah. Again, the grip zone. I'll say that one more time. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm curious to actually 
see where this goes. Uh, right now, it's it's there's a lot of buzz. They did a good job with that. And yeah. um, I'll actually be curious to see your video when it comes out and see what you actually think of it. And obviously, there's yeah. a little bit of a preview from what you're what you're saying here now. And here's the thing: like, I don't have a relationship with them. If they never send me another gun, I don't care. I will be honest about every single thing that I see. And I really hope that it's as cool as I think it's going to be. Um, but if it's not, like, well, I'll burn that bridge down. I'll yeah. burn the bridge, <laughs> bomb it. <laughs> well, that's it. what we I'm love good. about you, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't care. Yeah, and I, and I and I will say this, and I said it earlier. I think the fact that it has some mod, you know, modularity, and that there's the, the fact that you can change it around. If all of a sudden they start coming out with all kinds of cool aftermarket stuff and has the ability to do some great things with it, you know, hopefully they do take a page out of Sig's book and they just do sell the fire control unit and you can buy that and then go nuts with all kinds of aftermarket stuff and do whatever you yeah. want with it. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I just think Why? that I just think, you know, we have a tendency as, um, I, I very rarely hear content creators and influencers say negative things to new products that come out. Like you get it in your hands and it feels good and it shoots good. And, you know, you're like, you're excited. It's a shiny new thing and you give a good review. And then, you know, a little bit down the road. Well, when someone sends me a product, I always try to find something that could be improved upon because I don't believe there is a perfect product, right? So we just went through the list and there's a bunch of things that we just mentioned that are good about this gun. I think that has potential, but I I am skeptical. I think there are going to be some things that you will find that you're like, there, there are some cons. There are some things to be improved upon. And I would be shocked if you didn't. I see a lot of influencers that are just singing its praises, like literally like it was crafted from the hands of God. And then they're going to go back to using their clock. <laughs> right, you <know>? exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 You'll be able to buy a national on gun broker in like two or three days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah 100%, 100%. <laughs> 100%. All right, Keith, let's talk ice cream, baby. <laughs> let's talk ice cream. So uh, I sent you this article uh, last week, I guess, or maybe two weeks ago now. I don't You're remember. the king of finding articles, my man. I know. You say that every episode and chopping it up. Thank you. Um, so uh, back on July 4th, uh, Ben and Jerry's uh, ice cream tweeted that, um, you know, we should give back Mount Rushmore because it's on Indian land. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I surmise that there. I didn't, uh, um, you know, I didn't quote it exactly the way they said it. And it's kind of backfired on them a little bit. Descendants of an Indian tribe in Vermont uh, that was part of the Algonquin. It was, uh, a, I'm going to, terrible with Indian pronunciation, so I, I don't even think I should try it. But uh, no, Don't try it. Abenaki, I think it's called, something like that. That's pretty good. Um, they um, they reached, they, they kind of doubled down on this and said, well, you know what? Your headquarters there in Vermont, in Burlington. Uh, you know, that's on our land, so maybe we should have a conversation. <laughs> and uh, they obviously haven't quite uh, responded yet. Um, oh, I found what the actual quote was on July 4th. It was, the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land this 4th of July. Let's commit to returning it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, this this Vermont Indian tribe is kind of really, you know, said, uh, I'd be happy to talk to them and and let's see if they're serious about what they're saying here. And it's been crickets. <laughs> and the other interesting part of all this is since all this has happened, they've lost, uh, in the article, it said $2 billion. It's now up to $3 billion in value uh, on their stock price, <laughs> which, which is hilarious. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it, it's just, you Do know. Do you think this in, was an Indian chief 
Or am I just being completely? I, I don't know if he's an actual chief. I'd have to look back at what I his might title just being was. Let me see what his title and, was. And assuming he's a chief. yeah, he is chief. You're okay, right. You're right. right. Yeah. So, do you think that this is someone who you know heard their initial thing about Mount Rushmore and was just kind of like, "This is stupid," and let me kind of throw some something back at them to kind of show them how, like. I think he's taking advantage of, of, the, situation. of the situation. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, um, I mean, if you're going to say that this country was founded on, on stolen indigenous land, well, where's your headquarters? Give it back. Give it back, <laughs> yeah. you know? like, um, And and Ben and Jerry's is no... I, one of the things that I've been saying to people when I've been discussing this since July 4th is Ben and Jerry's has been woke since before woke was woke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just yeah, the way... Exactly. They, that's the way they've been. Um, and I just... I really think this is this is interesting um in terms of just i don't why 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 did what prompted them to think that it was a wise choice to say something like that and not think about what They're, their properties well, are and where okay. their properties are. so this is not not related but relatable it's like bud light they're not thinking you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're trying to either they're trying to get, you know, publicity. They're trying to get, you know, some sort of this, get on this, like, you know, the woke train. And like you said, they were woke before woke was a word. And so as a result of all of that, they're thinking, I'm just going to ride the woke train. And then they get, then it backfires because that's why I asked, do you think that this is someone who is just like, I'm sick of this shit and I'm just going to throw it right back at him? Or do you think it was taken advantage? And I, I do agree with what you said. I think it's, it was advantageous for him to kind of say that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know anything about this chief. Nope. My, my gut tells me that I don't think he really feels that all of the United States should be returned to right. <laughs> right. the descendants. Well, any, anytime, but, anytime that there's any news article, anytime there's a conversation about uh, racism that comes up, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always like, man, go find a Native American. I talk to them. Native Americans were a very violent group of individuals. They fought each other all the time. They, you know, slaughtered each other all the time. They to, to uh, fight over territory. So it's not like they, you know, they were any different than, you know, what I think Ben and Jerry's is implying that we were. Never thought of it that way, but that's uh, actually a good point. Um, and then I, I, I don't know, Sean, you have anything to add, but I wanted to read a couple comments that I had read about people that had read this article. Yeah. Just honestly that, uh, you know, what we did to the native Americans uh, is, is actually a travesty. Yeah. It's terrible, but you know what? They fucking lost. I'm sorry. Tough shit. Accept it. Right. Like the way the world is. I don't want it to go. I like before we conquered Native Americans. As horrible as it is to say, like they were still, you know, uh, doing war and shooting arrows and stuff yeah. like that. I don't want to go back to that. I want to continue living in the United States that I know and love. And so, like, I guess that I'm just kind of okay with that. And I mean, uh, it's, it's laughable to think that we're just going to give it, you know, we'll give it back and we'll, we'll move back. You know, my family will move back to Italy where we were from, you know, we'll just go yeah, back there. Yeah. We'll, right. We'll, we'll, they'll go, well, they'll go, you're an American. You're not welcome here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, it is, it is. Shit. like, God, yeah. Ben and Jerry's literally the dunk. I wouldn't eat their ice cream. <laughs> Keith might. I, I had. I mean, I, I, I am. Ta- I, I, I did. Pa- they had a really good sale this week, and I, I did pass it. I did pass by it. I was like, no, we're not getting it. But I, I, I am a big fan of uh, fish food and uh, and uh, Netflix and chill. But um, you know what? We want a little, a little fun fact. I've never had Ben and Jerry's. Well, oh, that's never in my life. 
Well, I'm a fat oh, kid, I so yeah. I definitely have. Right. So uh, this one commenter on this article was Mo B. Dick. And uh, <laughs> the, the comment was, Ben and Jerry's are announcing new flavors to address the uproar over Native American claims on the stolen land. The new flavors are Custard's Last Stand, Wampum Walnut, Cherokee Cherry, uh, Chocolate Chip, um, uh, Pawnee Perni... Uh, I'm not going to pronounce that one. Uh, Mohe- a Mohegan Mint Chocolate and Dances with Cloves. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I thought that was pretty creative and funny. All right. So Sean, you and I talked and we talked about the idea of talking, discussing censorship, Twitter and all that good stuff. Before we do that, I got to just pay some bills here. So we're going to talk about four Patriots. Their 72 hour kit is going to provide breakfast, lunch and dinner for three days at a very reasonable price of $29. It's very affordable to get one for each member of everyone's family. Keith and I, as we've talked about before, we've personally taste tested this kit and we weren't disappointed. They make quality products at a great price, made here in the USA, 25 year shelf life, but it gets even better. They've offered our listeners 10% off with discount code GUNEXPERIMENT10. So check them out at 4 By the way, Keith, one of these days we actually have to find that card with the math on it of the actual <laughs> breakdown of the prices. but Because uh, it was reasonably priced, but I don't remember well, the math. We got to double check my math. Yeah, I, uh, I, we'll I, do that. I, I, that was a little creative. If you guys are listening, I, I promise we will check the math. And I also want to throw this out. I don't want to blow up his spot, but one of our Discord members actually reached out to us and he bought uh, their kit. Yes. And he tried the food and he did say that it was uh, very good. So it was good to actually get some confirmation from one of our uh, one of our tribe. All right, so let's talk about- Now we're Indian. Yeah, now, now we're Indians. That's right, part of our tribe. So <laughs> let's talk uh, censorship. You know what, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, but the in, they're, they're going to want this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> it's on stolen airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> on stolen airwaves. Well, they, they can't have it, but they can buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk uh, censorship. And in particular, I know you have started to- really pressed Twitter a little bit. So actually, I'm going to give you the mic on this, Sean, because I know that you have really been working hard with Twitter. And I know we probably share a lot of the same stuff with censorship, but I'm actually going to give you the mic and let you kind of uh, take this one. Yeah. You know, um, I'll, I'll start by talking about like my background with, with censorship. So we like shooting has been around for, we are in our 10th year right now, uh, our decade. And in that time I've, I've seen, a lot of it, honestly. So we had a Facebook page that had 180,000 followers and Facebook deleted it overnight and we never got it back. Uh, Instagram, everyone's been posting lately, you know, the, your content cannot be shown to anyone, but existing followers. And that's been on our Instagram account for a year and a half. Uh, so that hasn't grown in a year and a half because they won't show our content to anybody, but people who are already following us. Um, and, it, you know, just I could go on and on and on about that. And and so Twitter is an interesting one because, you know, Elon Musk says that he wants it to be the the bastion of of no censorship and the, the town square where everyone can talk no matter what their viewpoint and opinion is. And I think that it is definitely changing in that direction. I think he's a he's a businessman. And I think that I don't fully believe everything he's saying, but I do have a bit of faith there. Would you agree with yeah, that? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think that he and I are politically the same at all, but I think we recognize a lot of the same nonsense that gets spouted off by crazy people. I agree. I and, agree. And 
Yeah. So I think like in that aspect, we, we are the same and, and that's great. That's more than I can ask of, of any relationship that I have with a, a person or a company is like, as long as we can both agree that we both deserve to have a voice, that that's a good thing. And will it always be great and awesome? No, I, I absolutely don't believe that because there's too many things working against us, but this all comes about when Instagram and meta have released their new Twitter clone, basically uh, threads. called threads. Yeah. yeah. And th- this was on the, on our agenda. It was on our show notes. So I'm, I'm curious. I, I wanted, wanted to specifically ask you, mm-hmm. Are you gonna Are you gonna delve into Threads, or are you just gonna leave it the fuck alone? Oh no! So the uh, the first thing that I did with Threads is create our account, and I think we've got like a thousand followers on Threads, even though I've done nothing but post shit that would get me banned. Because it's not gonna get me banned right now, because that would that would harm their rollout if everyone was like, "Oh, they're censoring me, they're censoring me," that would harm their rollout. But I I guarantee, I guarantee it. Instagram, Facebook. Like I can't even call someone a bitch on Facebook. I will get banned because my account's <laughs> under such uh, scrutiny. Yeah, scrutiny. Thank you. So I know, I guarantee that threads will be no different whatsoever. And I see all these two A people that are like, "Oh, it's actually pretty cool." And I'm like, "You, you, Don't sweet buy it. summer child. <laughs> Don't like, buy into it. They, they are going to ban it. Like I post pictures. There, but is it worth putting time and effort into it then? No. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. I, I want to talk about Twitter for a second because yeah. I've literally put zero effort into Twitter and I have an account. All it ever is, is it just basically mirrors, you know, it basically takes whatever I put on Instagram and it just, you know, shoots it over to Twitter. But yeah. I personally, and it pains me to say this because I fucking really hate what they do at meta, but I love the Instagram platform. I, I I just, I enjoy it. I like it. I like everything about it. I like the way that it works. Yeah. Keith doesn't like any social media. Just just suspend reality for a second here. Can't do it. Pretend. Not possible. Okay. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Right. If it would not be so draconian in terms of the way that they, they censor and the way that they, right. That that's where it would become possible for me. If it would be free. Yep. And really free. I don't believe you. I'll, I'll make the bet. Make a Twitter account, I believe you. No, no, no. When it's free. What do you mean free? Like, no, I don't want to, I don't want any, any risk of any type of censorship. I don't ever. think Twitter is. Right now. Well, so, so why, if right now it's free, so why don't you make an account? I don't, I don't know that it will stay free. Well, I want when, it to be like, I want it to be like every platform is what free. If, what if 10 years from now, Twitter is still free and you're like, I, I should have gotten in. Maybe I'll say that in 10 years. I, I think you're full of shit. Um, okay. So I really like Instagram. I like the platform. I don't like Twitter's infrastructure. I don't like the way that Twitter, you know, operates in terms of like, it, it's not appealing to the eye for me, but I like the fact that it's free right at this point, right? Like there's, there's this idea of, of non-censorship. So I want to invest in Twitter, but I just feel like maybe, and, and I'm asking you this more as a question, <clears throat> I don't feel like the second amendment community is ready to jump over to Twitter. Like I'm not finding people are like ready to abandon Instagram, even though Instagram is so, you know, overbearing and, and won't allow us to be free. People are, will not switch over to Twitter. And I'm just as guilty by the way. So how do you feel about that, Sean? Well, first of all, anything out of our control is probably guaranteed to disappoint us at some point. 
But Insta- do you guys have the restriction on your Instagram account where it won't show it to anyone but followers? No, I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. Which I don't so understand because all we would do is post gun stuff. So I don't know how yeah. I haven't gotten it, but. Yeah, you you 100% will. They're going through right now. And, and then, okay, so you're trying to grow a podcast, which social media absolutely helps with. I speak from experience on that. Um, and let's say that they just, that they shut down your access and you have, you no longer have access to new people, just the people that already exist. So is that forever? Like once you got that, that's it. Uh, apparently uh, hmm. no, no one really knows. I've been putting in appeals on every post that they, so it, well at first, when I first started getting that, I deleted a bunch of posts and then I realized that it, they just went through the list of yeah. posts. And yeah. That wasn't going to help you. I didn't do that when I, I did get one of those notices, but I didn't do that because I'm like, I know you're just going to ask for another one and another one yeah. and another one. Right. And they did. So then I appealed them all and it's been a year and a half. I've, I've never gotten right. any notification that they've even looked at the appeal. So I've got you, you want a good laugh. You want a really good yeah. laugh. So I actually paid to boost some content early, early on, like way back when, and what they, they took one of my, like, I, let's just say I put $50 in for argument's sake. I was like, I'll pay $50 to boost this, this post. They boosted it for $25 worth of the 50. And then they gave me a thing and said, this goes against our community standards and yeah. we're no longer going to boost it. And that 25, I still have a notification of, Hey, do you want to boost this post? And I'm like, yeah. where's the $25 credit? Like, where's the credit it, that I paid for? It went, that, it went towards uh, our next article. That yeah, we exactly. <laughs> So I'm like, I've never boosted a post after that, but it's like, they literally held my money captive. I can't use it. They won't give it back to me. I can't appeal anything. Like it's just in limbo. Um, yeah. Well, this will get your blood boiling. Uh, the Facebook page, 180,000 followers that they deleted over a period of about five years, I'd spent about $20,000 in advertising. Yep. Wow. And they just deleted it. That's, That's $20,000. just gone. That's crazy. Yeah. And the, the, you know, I, I did all the backdoor stuff. I talked to the people that we have on our side that used to work at Facebook, uh, Chuck from uh, Defense. I don't know. I don't remember now, but talked to all the same people and they were just like, nope, they said it's gone. That's it's crazy. Posting a picture of a gun. <laughs> That's crazy. Holy so yeah, shit. 20 grand is what they owe me. I mean, that makes my blood boil, but it really does make your blood boil. $20,000 poorer is not. Whew, you know what? I've definitely learned lessons that were more expensive. Um, so I'll say that it was an expensive lesson, but it was taken to heart and I won't make the same, the same mistake twice. Yeah. Good for you. All right. So we've covered that threads is probably going to go down the same path. I agree with that. I haven't even created an account because I just don't feel like investing in, I really want to kind of, I really want to go and down. By the, investing, you mean time. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. I really want to invest my time into Twitter do you think that there is a home there for us in the second amendment community? Should more people be going to Twitter? I mean, I, it's a, sorry, silence on a podcast. I know that's it's like okay. the worst thing, but that's good. I feel that it's one of those things where if, if I don't do it, I'll regret it. Like I put the time into Facebook and Facebook helped build our podcast over the years. So right. yeah, I invested like 20 grand and a ton of time, effort and energy and then they just took it all away. But like, I don't think I would change it. Sure. And Cause it got you to where you are. Right. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about Twitter. Twitter is literally just a, a cesspool of, of cowards that, that speak constantly and should never open their mouths. But I, I realized, so literally as soon as Musk bought Twitter 
I started investing a little bit of time and it was just like, I was like, oh my God, there's so much negativity. I can't, this is not how I want to live my life. Just mad at everything all day, every day. So I started- The floodgates uh, opened on both sides. Yes. I started a campaign of blocking and muting uh, those that were just angry about everything. I don't want to create an echo chamber. I want the exact opposite. I want both sides, but I want people- who are reasonable and rational and aren't just looking for a zinger uh, to get them. And uh, contributors, right? Like what you really want is contributors. Contribute to the conversation, contribute to the community, whether it's on the opposite side or not, contribute in a way that it actually makes a good dialogue. Yeah, so I want something that I'm not going to feel bad about um, at the end of the day, right? I don't want to spend all my time typing angrily, trying to to ratio people or things like that. I want to spend my time like reading news that I like. Uh, I want to look at pictures of guns. I want to hear from gun creators that I, that I, that I think are cool. And I, it's taken me about a month, but I think I finally have Twitter to where it's not just a, a place of, of just gross opinions and, and people mad about everything. But in addition, I've really been working hard to like grow our Twitter. And, you know, I think, uh, we're up like 300%, got like 300,000 impressions on tweets uh, in the last 28 days. And you know what? They may take it away. They, they may delete our account. They may block us. I'm less they worried about that. I, 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 I kind of have some, some, a sliver of faith in Elon Musk in terms of what he wants to build over there. But I'm actually more worried that threads is the bigger threat because, I mean, you look at the epic rise of threads and how they, how many people joined up right away. Um, they just have a, a much bigger pool to pull from starting out, you know? And so if it's going, and, and so many people, I, I think what's going to do is really create exactly what you don't want, which is an echo chamber. I think Twitter is yeah. going to become the right and threads is going to become the left. And that's, and maybe that's, maybe that's actually good if your goal is to build a second amendment community, which is tends to lean more right. Right. Uh, maybe that's what we need. It's just a place where we can live and thrive and, and post pictures of guns and not get, you know, canceled for it. And maybe yeah, that's what know, it needs the, to be. The growth of threads is a MacGuffin. It's like insignificant and unimportant because it's literally anyone who had an Instagram account just basically got, Right. That account. Automatically. It was, it was a one click thing. Yeah. And and of course they're going to grow because tens and hundreds of millions of people use Instagram. So like, that's great. Threads just over the last few days has dropped off. And yeah. in fact, the timeline on threads is completely unusable. So I follow, you know, 20, 30 people. I've never seen one of their posts in the timeline. I see stuff from the NBA, which I couldn't give a shit about. <laughs> uh, like major league baseball couldn't give a shit about racing, like celebrities. I don't care about these all that. sound like things that an AI said might, you might like because yeah. of your demographic. Probably. Age. Yeah. <laughs> so why not just show me the shit that I actually follow the shit that I care about? Like, that's what I want to see. Uh, so it's, it's useless. And yeah. I think it, people will see that. Is it going to be a thing that exists and continues to go on? Yeah, absolutely. Cause people are, they'll, they'll follow whatever they think is going to get them attention. Right. Um, well, let's not forget, let's not forget meta was going to be like, you know, you were going to live in a virtual world where you could be a, be a panda and like that, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? So they, they have failed. They had, they have definitely failed. Well, everyone has failures. So speaking of failures, Zuckerberg's hypocrisy. (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, another uh, article that I sent your way was, uh, I, I just laughed at this, was his company, Meta, spent uh, $43 million between security and personal travel for him last year. And, uh, you know, here's a guy who is uh, all over jujitsu, like you, Mike, and wants to be a jujitsu master. And um, he uh, has private security and and loves to have the for, the fortunate uh exposure of a person, you know, or a group of people protecting him with firearms, but yet will spend uh, his own personal money to defunding the police or recommend defunding the police. And I just, it's just complete hypocrisy again. It's another example of that. So I actually have a hope and a dream that, okay, so Sean, this is just to give you a little background. Uh, Contractually, I must mention Brazilian jiu-jitsu in every episode (laughs) of the, of the gun experiment. (laughs) And so Zuckerberg started doing- I already mentioned it, by the way. You you did, but I have to mention it. That's the contract. (laughs) So um, Zuckerberg started doing jujitsu. I don't know if you know that or not, but- Sean, you'd be under a rock if you didn't know that. Yeah, he's he's actually pretty- I'm not on social media and I know that. He's (laughs) He's actually pretty good. And it pisses me off because he's had the opportunity to train with people that I'll never get the opportunity to train with. Like just who he is automatically just opens doors for him that it just, it's fucking frustrating. But- that's why he needs a private security team. Well, this is my hope and my dream. I have learned that the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community, the martial arts community, tends to be either pro-gun or open to the idea of guns. So a lot of people are like, I don't own one, but like, like, can you explain like, what, like, what kind of gun should would I get? Or like, should I get? What kind of gun would be good for my family? Oh, like, would I want a shotgun? Like, so they're they're open to the idea of guns. Or they don't like guns, but they kind of just like move on with their life. They're not like, they're not like raving anti-gunners, right? That's kind of the community. They're, and, they're not pro-gun, but they're okay with people who are. Yes. And so my Which is hope, the way it should be. Yes. I'm okay with that. I love, I love the jiu-jitsu community for that. Like, I love the fact that when I go to the gym and I talk about guns openly, like just open-aired, uh, my my coach is a is a gun owner, and like we talk about it all the time, and like no one gives a fuck if you're anti gun. Like if you're anti gun, go sit over there on the mat and fucking talk to someone about you know whatever Ben and Jerry's soy. Yeah, exactly soy. So my hope is that maybe he fucking gets around some people that aren't aren't fucking soy boys and aren't fucking. He's, just pro- re- he's around him in private security. Yeah, but he's around by private security because he's paying for it because he wants the protection. Maybe he'll actually be around someone who owns them and is like, look, dude, they're not that scary. Like, let me take you to the range. Let me show you. Maybe, maybe. Maybe Robbie Hope can go with him. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I've always said that we don't need to convince people that guns are the answer. All we need to convince people is that their life is more important than someone who wants to take it from them and they'll eventually get to guns on their own. Yeah. And I think that that's when you talk about the BJJ community, like- Literally, they have realized that it's a dangerous place and that they need to take their personal security into uh, into their own hands. And so they do that so that hopefully if worse comes to worse, they will be able to defend themselves, right? Yep. Now, because they've already made that choice, that's why they're open to guns because they've yes. realized I've made one choice. Oh, that is the you know, one of the ultimate ways for me to defend myself and my family and the people that I love. Well, I say it all the time. So I'm, I'm a hundred and I'm 170 pounds. Right. And the thing with jujitsu is jujitsu was invented literally like historically, it was invented by a smaller person 
who was able to use that skill to defend himself against bigger people. However, I've said, I just said it a week ago, you're, all you're doing is you're sort of closing the gap, right? Like in other words, like a 300 pound muscle bound gorilla is always going to have a natural advantage over a 170 pound man. But maybe you close the gap a little bit. And how do you close it even further? You get a gun, right? Because there's there's just certain things you can't overcome, but that gun is the great equalizer, right? It's a force multiplier. And so, yes, I think that is it, is if you are open-minded to the idea of, of a martial concept, the gun is just another martial concept. Well, and I think you both, you know, Sean and Mike, you were both kind of saying, uh, you know, what, it, what the situation here is with, with Zuckerberg is that, he is. He almost understands that he does not want to take responsibility for his personal protection, and he has the resources to be able to hire a team to do it. And it's but but the hypocrisy for me comes into play of like he is he that disconnected? Well, he's not because even this article goes on. But I guess you know on certain things is he that disconnected that he is that fortunate to be able to afford his own personal protection where other people cannot, but they have a right to their own personal protection. That's a really good, really good question. Really good point of, you know, so he might go, man, I'm doing jujitsu and it's really cool. Oh man, I just got whomped by a guy who's 80 pounds heavier than me, but it's all good. Cause when I go in the parking lot, that's never going to happen out never there gonna happen out where there. I as a 170 pound guy, I don't know how, how big he is, but he's probably my size or slightly bigger. I think he's a little bigger. He's yeah, tall, a little, a little bigger. But like he's not a huge guy. He's never gonna go, man. Maybe I can't defend my family. Where I go, I need to defend my family because I don't have that resource. And so that might be the reason why he never fully em- embraces it. You know, yeah. maybe we were at uh, we were at a bar in Nashville. Jeremy, who's uh, one of the guys on We Like Shooting. Yep, he's a mon- he's a monster. Yeah, he's tall. He is literally <laughs> a human monster, and not just tall, just like arms that could touch both sides of a room. It's like, he's just a big dude and he's an um, ogre, right? Yeah. We, so we're at this bar in Nashville. I think it was NRA show and there's this uh, Canadian bachelorette party. And so we're all sitting there hanging out just, uh, we all start drinking together and they're like, why are you guys here? And we tell them and they're like, Oh, guns are gross and blah, 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 blah. Did they finish and every sentence with girls, a guns are gross. eh? yeah. Yeah. Guns are gross. eh? sorry. <laughs> um, so one of the girls eventually, uh, she's like, I just don't understand why you need guns. And she was probably about five, five. Jeremy stands up, puts walks directly up to her. So her nose is basically touching his chest and she looks his up at button. him and he looks down at her. And he says, because if I wanted to rape you, you couldn't stop me. That's why people have guns. <laughs> and then they ended up making out that night. So, like, <laughs> but this was years ago, but it was just one of those times when I was like, man, that is like the best example yeah. of why people should have guns. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So the, the physical embodiment of why people have guns. Well, yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yep. And and just to further the the discussion here, the hypocrisy, this article goes on to say that he also posted, um, you know, posted a picture of uh, his family on vacation and emojied his kids' face out, faces yeah, th- out. This is infuriating. So, it, you know, it's just, it, he knows that he should, like, that this is bad that there are things about these social media platforms that are bad. And he knows that he needs to have, you know, he can't protect himself. So he needs to have a a personal protection team, but yet he, 
doesn't want to allow people to have comfort in a police department. Listen, it's the whole. And you shouldn't. But it's the people in Silicon Valley who literally hire people who study the human brain and say, how do do we keep, you know, engagement longer, longer, longer. But then when you ask them, are your kids on social media? Hell no. Right. Right. Like I would never look on social media because they know what it actually does. Yeah. So it it really is that ivory tower syndrome for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So listen, we talked about jujitsu. We talked about the, uh, the idea of dealing with a bigger person. So let's talk about some fat kid stuff. Yeah. I gotta get talk about fat kids. I gotta get bigger. So, Secret menu. I, I must live under a rock. Keith, did you know about the secret I, menu? I invented some of these secret menu items. Really? <laughs> Sean, do you know about the secret menu? Where? I, I guess you don't. I, Sean, I just Well, there are out. secret menus at a lot no, of places. No. So the site, this, is, this is one the, at McDonald's. The site that I have linked, so this is just McDonald's, but if you go to secretmenus.com, it is every secret yeah, menu. Yeah, there, there are a ton of them. So, Sean, there are secret menus. Every restaurant, like pretty much fast every food. restaurant, every fast food restaurant has a secret menu, and it's not their official secret menu. It's people create these things, and then they go and ask for them, and then they'll make them. Ah. But it's become such a thing that if you go there- the way that it should be approached is if they have never heard of it, you can show them, hey, this is what it is. And they'll they'll make these things not, for you. Well, so not everywhere will make them for you. You're crushing I have, my dream. I have certainly tried. You really have? <laughs> um, some places will flat out refuse to make the secret menu items. But- a lot will will not though. Th- right? There are there are quite a few that will, and and um, you know you just it's luck of the draw on the day, and and the millennial that's behind the counter that wants to help you or not. Okay, right. So there was a couple on the McDonald's. I, I, I love McDonald's. I mean, like I'm a skinny guy who's a fat kid at heart when it comes to fast food. Like fast I've food. never seen you eat fat kid style, dude. Fast food is my weakness. Like well, I, don't, make- I don't drink a ton. I don't. I don't do drugs. But fucking God damn it, I love fast food. <laughs> I like so that. my favorite fucking, my favorite ones on this menu is the Mc1035. All right, let's go which, that. So this is, you have to go between 1030 and 11 because it's right when the crossover between oh, breakfast and lunch. Oh, delicious. Yeah, it's an Egg McMuffin and the McDouble combined. I just love the name. Like I love the concept. You have to show up at that time. I think that's fucking awesome. <laughs> right. Uh, and then the best name on the secret menu is the McGangbang. The McGangbang. Like <laughs> so let's so. see. The McGangbang. What is it? Uh, just order a McDouble and a McChicken both on the dollar menu and put the McChicken between the beef patties to try and try. I'm telling you, I did this in high school way before I knew it was a McGangbang. Really? <laughs> it's much easier to eat two sandwiches at once. You should go home and tell your wife you had a gangbang. She knows. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> she also has. Yeah. She has. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now the Monster Mac is another one. That thing is yeah. ridiculous. I, I, again, I have known about adding additional patties to Big Macs. Fifteen years. Did you ask them to do it, or you just took two? And no, I just together? asked. I was like, "Can I? Hey, two really? is not enough. Can I get an extra patty or two?" Keith, this first off, Holy this. Moly. This secretmenus.com is fucking has ads all over it. You missed your calling. Well, the, yeah, I mean, I did obviously. I mean, Sean, this is also when I was four hundred pounds. I, I I backed off on on the Monster Max, but um, yeah, there is some there is some wild secret menus out there that I am 
I'm proud to say I, I have eaten in my day. So for everybody that's listening out there, it is secretmenus.com. If you go there, I mean, depending on where you live regionally, it's everything from, you know, there's all kinds of different secret menus, uh, whether it be Burger King, Arby's. The one on here that I will say is not as impressive as I think is the uh, Big Mac sauce on the on the fries. Yeah. I'm a little partial to sweet and sour sauce. I know you love the sweet and sour I, I sauce. I love the sweet and sour sauce on my fries. I like the hot mustard. I like sweet and sour sauce on my fries. I like sweet and sour sauce on my burgers. I like sweet and sour mm. sauce on anything. Sean, I've listened to enough We Like Shooting to know that you're you're a fat kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, without do, question. Do you like fast food? Uh, so it depends. Some of it, absolutely. Like I try not to eat fast food. I mean, uh, obviously you I, shouldn't, you shouldn't, food. right? But yeah. Yeah. Like I love Taco Bell and uh, McDonald's. Really? And See, Taco Bell's the, the one it. I stay away from. I, yeah. For years, I did like Taco Bell, and then I went away from it. I just never went back. But yeah, yeah. I, what else? So I McDonald's, Taco Bell. What else? Uh, you know, like on occasion, uh, when it's really fast food, isn't something that I'm like, "Ooh, I'm craving this." It's more of like, "Holy crap! It's three o'clock, and I forgot to eat today. Let me go grab something really quick." But try not to do it more than once a week, and then uh, really, I try to stay away from most of them. Uh, like McDonald's and Taco Bell are literally within a block of the office. So those are usually the ones that I go to. So I, I, I mean, agreed. Like I, you should not be eating it. Definitely shouldn't be eating it more than once a week. Probably shouldn't even eat it once a week, but right. uh, I'm a lazy eater. So like if I'm out and about and like right now I'm on a super health kick, I've been eating super clean, but man, there are some times where I go on fucking tears. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm talking like, Hey, could I get a two Big Macs and a 20 piece chicken nugget? <laughs> And a large oh Coke. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, there's times where I go on. At least you forgot the fries. Absolute tears. <laughs> so yeah, I I, I'm it. a big fan of, uh, I, I do like Wendy's. I like their spicy chicken sandwiches and their, and their square burgers. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I try to, God. We, we've got this uh, local place called Felipe's 109 and they've got just like the best burgers and fries that are around. So like, I try to save my indulgences yeah. to when I can get down there and eat that. So whenever we have people come into town, like uh, for, you know, WLS or anything. Literally the first thing we do is go to Felipe's 109. Cause that's like my favorite local, just grease, uh, just delicious cheeseburger. And it's all fresh. So I guarantee it's healthier than McDonald's overall. Yeah. Uh, cause of how fresh everything they make is, but it's just so good. And if the I'm going to burgers look delicious, we yeah, have a place right. called, we have a place called B side. It's like a, like a greasy spoon in a college town. That's, that's like, yeah. there's a little bit of risk when you go in there. Yeah. Though. There's it's, that's like an Anthony Bourdain kind of place. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely like, it's like a sketchy, like super like hippie college town. Feet, feet stick to the floor. Like when you go yeah, in kind of place, it's a greasy spoon, but all of their burgers are named after like, uh, like music, like musical themes. So there's like, there's like a Graceland, there's a Biggie Smalls and, there's just a ton of crazy concoctions and I fucking nice. love them. And uh, yeah. I agree. Like I actually, I would prefer that over, over a fast food, but every once yeah. in a while, I, I can't help myself. I love a, I love yep. a couple big Macs on my way to, uh, you know, go, go to the range <laughs> or something. So Keith, I'm going to give you the last word. If you had to choose, okay. I send you to McDonald's. What is, what are you coming back with? Uh, a big Mac fries and uh, probably a 10-piece chicken nugget. There you go. Big meal for a big guy. 
I love it. All right. I think that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and a very special thanks to Sean for hanging out with us and chopping it up. Be sure to check out all the awesome content he's putting out with the We Like Shooting crew. And if you have anything you want to add or any opinions or thoughts on tonight's conversation, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Discord and let your voice be heard. May have to go to Twitter soon. 